You're listening to Sibling Talk, commentary from a progressive point of view. Now here are your hosts, John Paulette and Mary Jo Tumare. Hello, I'm John Paulette. And I'm Mary Jo Tumare. You know, Mary, when I was young, among my uh, guilty pleasures, I loved comic books. I mean, I really did. Mom did not really approve of comic books that much. Oh, she but, didn't? I didn't no, know she wouldn't. No, uh, the only one she would, there was a thing called Classics Illustrated. I remember that. that. To, yeah. yeah, take like, you know, Treasure Island and so forth and make it into a comic book. She kind of didn't totally object to that because they were classics. But regular ones, she wasn't Were thrilled they too lowbrow for her? Yeah, I think too lowbrow. And I think, you know, all through the 50s, there was a big feeling. There were even congressional hearings about whether comic books were, were rotting the brains of uh, young Americans and causing juvenile delinquency, communism, and homosexuality. Probably all those things. And... <laughs> But it was like a big deal. They had hearings, and then the comic books came up with the code of conduct thing that I think is still still on there. So, so, uh, so the comic books of the fifties are what you, a YA you young adult fiction of today is. Yeah, kind of is. We didn't mm-hmm. well, we didn't get as much sex, which was unfortunate, or, or but, pornography as uh, no. Ron DeSantis called it last night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely, that was all missing. But one of my favorites, I I really liked Superman a lot, uh, and for a lot of reasons. But one of them is there was a, uh, an occasionally recurring story in Superman about a character named Bizarro. And Bizarro came from this other reality. So he lived in Bizarro world. And in Bizarro world, everything was the opposite of the real, real world. And that created all sorts of things. I liked that. I always liked it. And I was thinking about Bizarro world last night when I watched uh, Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley debating for, for I don't know what reason, like in this totally alternative bizarro world universe did you watch any of this did you see i it? did watch it and i had not thought about bizarro world um which i also really love and love the concept of and just as an aside for anyone who doesn't know um superman was conceived of by two clevelanders cleveland kids actually and we in cleveland now are living in a bizarro world where we think we're going to the super bowl so yeah, I was everybody say, pulls that Cleveland connection. Yeah, they are Clevelanders, the same place as the Cleveland Browns. Well, the new Cleveland Browns, who will have to play likely the Baltimore Ravens, the old Cleveland Browns, whose player used to be Joe Flacco, who took them to the Super Bowls and was MVP, but now he plays for the Browns. So Am bizarre, I in the right bizarro world? Exactly. But back to the political bizarro world. I think I did text you at some point during the debates, like these two are living in the alternate universe where they think they can have, a, you know, it wasn't a substantive policy debate because they basically just kept calling each other liars, but they did talk a little bit of policy, like um, we don't want our children reading anything and um, 
Disney is transing. I don't know if you heard that expression. Kids, yeah, Yeah, made up a word. And Nikki Haley was saying, "You got to be tough with China." So they were having the same weirdo conversations that Republicans always have. But it was as if either one of them had a prayer against Donald Trump. Yeah, and for some reason, rather than try and gain any ground against Donald Trump. They were mostly satisfied with punching each other. Yeah. Right? That was Somebody, so some, one of the New York <laughs> Times opinion writers said it was like being at a dinner party with people on the verge of a divorce. Yeah, <laughs> it was. And that was so funny because it's true. It was so it's, awkward at times. It was. And by the way, do you know there's a website called the saddest lies.com. Oh my which, gosh, I've never heard of that before. I mean, how many oh. times did she say that like once a minute? Something yeah, like that. Absolutely. Somebody in her coaching said, you slip that in as often as you possibly uh, uh often as you possibly can. It it was getting to the point it was funny. Right along with the fact that and this is not just these two, it's all sorts of politicians. It was amazing that no matter what you asked them, they did not answer that question. And CNN was doing their best to go back at the end and say, okay, 15 second uh, point of clarification. Would you answer the question, please? And they wouldn't do it then either. Yeah, I mean, both Dana Bash and Jake Tepper are really good and tough. But I mean, the simple question of this week, Trump has said, that he could use SEAL Team 6, what the example was, kill his political opponents and couldn't be jailed for that unless he was impeached for it. It's crazy, unbelievable argument that his uh, court, that his lawyers made in court on the immunity issue. And uh, honestly, it, a very good place for either one of them to make a legitimate attack on Trump and nothing, not a Nothing. No, nothing at all. It's just like, Even I don't when, agree with everything he did. I mean, he was a great yeah. president for the time, but his way is not my way. And I think that that answer by Nikki Haley and DeSantis's answer on Trump are, as Chris Christie said yesterday, as he dropped down, it's disqualifying for them yeah. because they aren't saying Trump should not be president again. No, they are not. And even on matters of policy, where you would think they would have a firm idea, they just waffled around. Let me give you an example. Uh, Nikki Haley, when she was governor of South Carolina, was one of the governors that refused to expand Medicaid. I I know you remember Becca in ruling on the ACA. It said states have a choice on that. Most of the states did. And since some of them didn't accept Medicaid, they've begun to. They've kind of picked up to it. And I think it's around 40 now that do participate in the expanded uh, Medicaid program. Nikki's very proud that South Carolina doesn't. And I assume from Ron's answers that Florida does not participate. So she was asked, if you were president, would you require the states that have accepted expanded Medicaid to stop them? I mean, that's what you did 
in uh, South Carolina. You clearly believe it's the right thing. Would you get rid of that across the board? Now, that seems to me like a pretty simple yes or no uh, question. It's certainly a question that goes to it. Nikki instead, first, she loves states' rights. Oh, my gosh. Everything is, uh, is states' rights. And she likes the phrase block grants there. And so she waffled around. No, I just I think it'd be better if the federal government just gave us a lot of money and we on a local basis can figure out what what to do with it. I, I want to tell you how good states' rights is in, in this. There is a bill being proposed that would reduce the amount of food given to uh, uh, and food support given to children who are food insecure. It's going through the Congress. And one of the Congresswomen, and I'm pretty certain it was Marjorie Taylor Greene, said, no, I'm not going to vote for additional aid for food insecure children because we have a problem with obesity already. So we shouldn't, <laughs> I, I'm not making this up. We should not just be giving them more food. These are the kind of geniuses that Nikki Haley wants to get involved with this. Come on, Nikki, answer the question. There were policy questions there, but you were too busy with DeSantisLies.com to even get involved with it. And, and should have seen that coming. And, you know, some of these answers are so easy. In other words, I made that decision in the wake of the Affordable Care Act passing. And, you know, that was consistent with my values. Here we are so many years into the Affordable Care Act and things have changed. So maybe I would reevaluate that in terms of what the lay of the land is right now. But she's so squishy, she can't even say something as squishy as that. No, she can't. And, you know, thank God, I almost expected this, neither her nor DeSantis said on day one, because everybody loves day one, on day one, I'm going to get rid of the ACA and oh, Obamacare, yeah. which I suspect, I'm not sure, but, but I suspect that, that Donald Trump is still saying something like that, because I know a month or so ago, he said he had a new and better plan that could replace the ACA, which the only thing funnier than that is infrastructure week. <laughs> and, you know, Trump doesn't care because, one, he may not debate Biden, but even if he did, he doesn't care when Biden would come back to him with facts about the number of people that have gotten insurance through the ACA, how has it revolutionized the market, blah, 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 blah. Trump doesn't care about any of that. But you can, I mean, what we saw last night is you can disarm both Haley and DeSantis a little bit because they're both intelligent in their way. They're well-educated anyway. And sometimes the facts will like get them in a way that the facts never get to Trump. <laughs> he doesn't even hear him. He, he has to go back to the Superman thing. I'm sure there was a character in Superman with some like energy shield around him or something like yeah. the facts don't penetrate that. So um, I thought it was kind of sad and I watched it and I thought they're both very small. They're, they're, trying to become the president of the United States. And they seem like that example, you know, like a couple splitting up or, you know, like they're running for governor somewhere, which is what they know. And 
the field that they've walked into that they're playing against is so complicated. It's a multi-dimensional chess between um, fighting against Trump and then the bigger world as it is. At least Nikki Haley has some understanding of that. And, you know, that was a really juxtaposed against um, um, Chris Christie yesterday because I'm no big fan of Chris Christie, as you know, and I thought to myself, what an egotistical bully when he was talking. But it was very confessional, and it did meet the moment when he said, listen, I have to live with the fact that I supported Trump, and the reason I did that was ambition. That's the only reason. I knew who he was. I knew what kind of president he would be, and I tried to convince myself that I could make him better, and I, I failed. And that was pretty intense for um, Politics 2024 USA. Yeah, it absolutely was. And, of course, at the same time that, uh, and I guess only like two miles apart, that Ron and Nikki were exchanging blows, uh, Donald Trump had one of his love fests going on with Fox. Uh, I forget, I think Brett Baer, and I forget who yeah, the Brett other Yeah, Brett Baer. Uh, mm-hmm. The other host, you know, periodically Brett Bear seems to want to give give himself some credibility, but God, he can throw it away fast uh, as well. Uh, I did see parts of the the Trump thing, and the thing that I think everybody has found most interesting is it seemed like Trump and his campaign were trying to find a middle ground on abortion that would carry him into the general election, actually more moderate uh, than Nikki Haley. It came down to Trump's most frequent thing of saying, listen, I can get everybody together and cut a deal. Everybody will be happy. But last night with Brett Baer, he wasn't doing that at all. He said he, he and he alone, of course, terminated Roe v. Wade. He's the guy. And two million people are alive today because of Donald Donald Trump. My goodness, Donald, how did your campaign feel about that? But John, he has to do that because who is giving him the win in Iowa is the evangelicals. And they already are worried that he's squishy on the abortion issue. So because he has no shame, he'll say whatever he needs to say. He had to say that last night. He'll back away from that and they won't punish him, but he, he has to win Iowa big. And I know we have to go, but one thing I heard yesterday, and it was um, like a pollster guy, and he said, you know, we keep saying Trump has this big win, and he has, like, in Iowa, maybe 50% or something like that. He's 20 points ahead of in the polling. But when Jimmy Carter was running against Ted Kennedy, in Iowa, he was like at 60%. Do you know what I mean? So they just yeah. looking back to these other races. So Trump, who's running as an incumbent, isn't actually doing as well against his challengers as you would think. And the interesting thing about that is when it comes to the general, after he vanquished Haley and um, DeSantis, He's not going to be as strong of a candidate as people think. And so I am very hopeful that he won't win. 
But after watching Haley last night, I also am hopeful that if she won, which I don't think will happen, that Biden could beat her as well because she's as shallow as a, you know, a thumbnail. She, she absolutely is. She just is not a substantive. What, yeah. what would um, the guy in succession say, Roy? Is she not uh, a serious person? You're not serious person. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. All right. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye, John. Bye. Sibling Talk is a JMP production. Theme song by David Paulette.